Welcome to the Exercising Depression podcast. My name is Claire, your host, and today we're going to be talking about being honest with my family. prefer sort of a bit more climate weather. Um, I don't mind sunny days, I just don't like it to be too hot. Um, and I'm not really a big fan of direct sunlight, so I like cloudy days. But So because of that, I'm staying indoors today. Um, I've already been out today once. I went and just cycled briefly into the village to go post a letter and whoa, I got so hot. So that's my outdoor done for today. <laughs> um, I did go and uh, check on the hens just to make sure they're okay um, I think they're doing all right I will continue to check on them today but anyway yes I don't want another episode where it's just me me just chatting and just talking rubbish and not really giving you guys any decent content um, so I had a long hard think about what I wanted to talk about today and I actually managed to get it down to two things it was either about why and how I'm honest with my family about my mental health or how my job helps my mental health but I think I'll do that next week um yeah so this week I'm going to be talking to you about um my relationship with my with my parents and my my family um and why and how I got to the point where I am really open with them about my mental health and how that's kind of affected the relationship that not only I have with my family, but how they we all have a relationship with one another. So for the longest time, ever since sort of I was a teenager, you know, whenever I sort of started to really notice having problems with my mental health, I kept it very much to myself. Um, if you listen back to the episode I did with my twin sister, um, when we lived down in um, down south, that was sort of in my early 20s. Um, my sister and I, we've always been rather close, but during that time we didn't have much of a relationship um, for various reasons. Go listen to the episode. It's it's a long one, but it's a good one. Um, but throughout like sort of my, my, my teen years and my early 20s, right up until my 30s, actually, I was really very closed off with my family when it came to my mental health. And I think that's something that's quite... Um, it's a familiar story for people I think I don't actually think it's that it's that rare to uh, keep your mental health problems and struggles away from your family and you know people do it for various reasons some people are just really private some people don't want to bother their family with it some people don't want to worry their family about it some people don't think uh, their family will understand maybe be stigmatised and that might be true for, for quite a few people and my heart really goes out to those people well, the reason I didn't talk to my family about my mental health is because I, well, there's a, there's a part that was, I wasn't quite sure what I was going through and what I was experiencing, and I didn't really know how to deal with it very well, and I didn't deal with it very well, so I didn't know how to talk to my family about it, but also it was that I just didn't want to worry them, um, 
talking to them about all these feelings I had and these thoughts I had and the things I did to myself, I didn't want to worry my family. Um, my family are very loving. Um, my parents have um, always been very loving and caring to me and my sisters and to each other. Um, they live apart, my parents. My dad lives abroad because he, he works over in the UAE, but they're still together, like they're still married. And still very much in love, which is lovely to see. And yeah, I mean, I'm not, my, my my life has never lacked love or caring or you know that, you know that closeness. We've been a close family for forever. Um, we've had periods of where we've not been very close. You know, my dad first moving out to the UAE. Obviously, physically we weren't close, but we've always been like you know emotionally close. Um, and mental health wasn't really something we really talked about growing up and it wasn't that it was like a taboo or anything it just was never anything that we've ever really experienced knowing what I know now I know that there was mental health problems and mental health issues in my family I just never noticed we just never noticed it was never part of our life um so talking about depression anxiety OCD all number of things just wasn't part of our narrative it wasn't part of the conversations we had so it was never really something I, we had, as a family, had um, experience in. And I'm not bemoaning that in any way. You know, like I said, I had a wonderful a wonderful childhood, a wonderful upbringing. I have an excellent, beautiful family <laughs> that I, I love very much. But I did struggle alone a lot of the time. And not so much alone, alone. I mean, when it came to sort of my early 20s, I had met my boyfriend now husband and I was quite open with him eventually about my mental health and he was really the only person I spoke to about about stuff about my mental health and and I understand now that that um that must have been a huge pressure for him at the time but yeah so when I was sort of in my late 20s I had a fairly big breakdown um whilst I was at university which I will talk about one day <laughs> about my university experiences. Um, but I had a fairly big breakdown and I was struggling very badly. It's It was at the height of my sort of self-harm. It was at the height of my sort of suicidal thoughts, suicidal ideation. And it was a really difficult time for me. But about... Uh, you may have heard the story before. I mean, I recently told the story about my scarification and, and, and losing Chester Bennington. And this is kind of what really kicks it off, really. Um, is that when... If you haven't listened to it, um, Chester Bennington was a singer from Linkin Park, who are my favourite band and have always been my favourite band and always will be. And when he was unfortunately lost to suicide, it, I made a decision for my, to myself and I made a promise to myself that that day that I found out that he passed away, I vowed that I would never self-harm again. Because I came to the realisation that here was somebody that was my hero, and this is going to come out wrong, but I hope you people know, you, you people, I hope you guys know that you know me well enough now, now that you know I'm not saying, oh, he had everything, why was he depressed? That's definitely not what I'm saying, but he had the love of the world, he had a wonderful family, he had loads of kids, he had, you know, the adoration of the world, he, you know, he had so much, and 
mental illness still managed to take him away. That's what mental illness is like. That's what depression is like. It it it, it doesn't judge <laughs> who it who it takes away. And I just thought, goodness, God, like if this person who I look up to so much, if if he has all these things and he was taken away by my by depression, and I'm still here, then I must ha- I must be way way stronger than I think I am, than I expected. And that was a real eye opener for me. It really made me think um, I have much more strength inside me than I, than I thought I did sorry I just I have coffee here I know coffee on a hot day but I just love coffee <laughs> um, so that day I vowed to never harm myself again you know physically hurt myself and I decided to reclaim the parts of my body that I did use to harm myself and get scarification done um if you want to hear all about that go listen to my Chester Bennington one it's a couple couple back and I talk about I don't I really don't want to repeat myself with that but so so I put on Instagram um about my journey as it were with scarification and self-harm and forgetting that my mum is on uh, is on Instagram (laughs) and she saw it and she picked me up for the gym the next day and she looked troubled. And I said, Mummy, okay? And she was like, I didn't know you did that. And, I'm like, and she just sort of put it to my arm and I said, and I was like shell-shocked because I didn't realise she'd seen it. And I just said something like, oh, well, you know I've got emotional problems. <laughs> she says, yeah, but I didn't know that you did that to yourself. And it's really broken my, it broke my heart reading that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm so, so sorry. Like... I'm really sorry because obviously no one, no one wants to make that their mum feel like that. And then I just, so but before then, sorry, going back a bit more. Before then, sort of in my late twenties, I decided to be more open about my mental health with people, with my family, and just sort of say, look, I've had this diagnosis. This is what I have to deal with. I'm not very well at the moment, but I want you guys to know. And that was the beginning of it. That sort of opened up the conversation, that started the conversation between myself and my family. Uh, and I'd have conversations with my mum and my mum and dad, my sisters. You know, we just we would just talk about mental health, and, and you know, not just me, but you know, all of us. You know, uh, my mum opened up about quite a lot about what she, what she experienced when um, she lost her brother a few years ago, and my uncle. Um, and it, you know, it really turned a page and really opened up the conversation. And, and But so going back to the, the scarification thing, I decided to tell her everything then um, about about what I used to do to myself, about, about self-harm and how I said to her that I don't do it anymore and I'm not in that place anymore where I want to. And it's just been for the best it's really been wonderful and it's just really opened ourselves up to each other in a way that I never thought we would, would we would become and it's not that I yearned for that when I was growing up or when I was younger it wasn't that I oh god I wish I could talk to my family about this but it just wasn't something we did and now that we we're all like this now and I feel like and I only say this because this is this, this is something my sisters have actually said to me is that you know because I'm so honest and open about my mental health 
issues and my, my struggles that it's inspired them to be more open about their mental health and, and be just be a bit more honest like you know if you know my mum messages one of my sisters and they ring in to say no I'm having a bit of a bad day I've been crying a lot that kind of thing and you know having that kind of relationship is really amazing and so it loops back down to lockdown which you know obviously has affected loads of people myself included you know mentally but my family and I started right at the beginning of this we just we started on Friday nights we'd have a family pub um and basically what we do we'd go on zoom or microsoft meetings and we'd have a few drinks and and chat (laughs) and you know that's not something we did before because we're actually quite fast far spread my my mum and I are the only ones that are really close like physically close like my mum lives like a mile away from me but my sisters my one of my sisters lives down south um my twin sister lives in Yorkshire Uh, my dad is overseas you know and even though we're not physically close we are still you know close close so you know and and seeing my family more than I usually do (laughs) you know actually seeing their faces and talking to them you know, we we start we get talking about things, and we we talk more about mental health and and how we're struggling and the things that we're going through and the things that we're struggling with, and it it we we seem to have just like our relationships with each other have just flourished incredibly because we are so open with each other, and we've become so open. Like even my my dad, I mean my dad is, you know, your typical blokey bloke, you know. <laughs> um, that, that makes it sound horrible no what I mean is that he is you know he's my dad he's he's the, the strongest person I know you know the, my quite masculine man you know was in the army and that kind of thing and feelings were never really a thing that we spoke to my dad about growing up we did when we needed to obviously you know like when a family member passes away or get dumped or something you know I'd always go crying to my dad <laughs> And now, like, you know, we we openly talk to, with each other about it, my dad included, you know, he, he, he's really, really struggling with being out there all by himself and not being able to see my mum. Like, my mum and I were meant to go over there in April. Um, you know, my mum and dad only really go about, about three months without seeing each other before my dad comes over and my dad goes, my dad, my mum goes over and my dad comes back for a, a time or whatever and it's it's been a really long time and they don't know when they're going to see each other again and obviously that's you know that's been really hard for them and I can totally understand that <clears throat> but it's also getting to the point you know where he's really missing us as well like his daughters and his grandkids he's got three grand grandsons you know and he said to me and to my mum and you know he said he just can't wait to, to hug my daughters I want to hug my daughters and I, I want to hug my my grandsons I want to see them and you know, and even when all this is done and over with, you know, and we can see each other, this these doorways that we've opened for with each other are going to stay open because our relationships have changed in such a way that we can't go back. Not that we, we'd want to, you know. I love that I can be so open and honest about my about my troubles with my with my family, and not only that, but they're they're open with me and I, I love that I love that so much because you know back in the day maybe when I was a bit a little bit more fragile than I am now they'd worry about opening up to me because they wouldn't want to to burden me with anything anything else and 
I, I really love that they're, they're comfortable enough with talking about mental health and comfortable enough with me to talk about mental health that they see me as being quite a, a help, an aid, someone to talk to um, about things. About, you know, you know, certain members of my family have come and asked me about, about medication because I've had an extended, you know, um, experiences with it. I mean, I've had years of experience with, mental, with, um, with antidepressants, so... I seem to be like the fountain of knowledge, you know, the fun sapiente of uh, of that kind of thing. And I love being that person for them. And I love being that person to talk about therapy or just having bad days, intrusive thoughts, anxiety. You know, anxiety is quite prevalent um, for, for a few members of my family. And I love being that person that, I, that they have that they can talk to about stuff like that. And it never burdens me. It's never something that affects me really badly. In fact, if they come to me and talk to me about something, I feel really good. Oh, that sounds horrible, but but I feel like I've helped somebody, and that's always a lovely feeling. And, yeah, I mean, go back to the sort of the Friday night pub things in my family. A couple of times, you know, uh, you know, both my sisters have children who are under five, <laughs> so, you know, they're tired quite a lot and, you know, don't get a lot of get as much sleep as I do. So, you know, one or both of them sometimes have to want to go early or have to go early because they're tired or whatever, or the kids are creating or whatever. And sometimes, I think on, I, th- I think on three separate occasions, I can't remember, but afterwards, um, myself and either my mum or one of my sisters have stayed behind for, for maybe half an hour, an hour afterwards and just talked and talked about, about mental health and... And quite often we talk about how how much we love that our family dynamic has changed and how our relationships have changed and how we are so open with each other and and now and how amazing that is and just how beneficial it is to everybody, you know. And we only share things like having a bad day or, you know, you've had a day where you've cried a lot. When When you feel like you can talk to somebody about it, it can really help you just feel that little less alone. And my, myself included, I mean, I know I live in, I live in a house with, with four other adults, you know, um, my husband included, you know, I'm never alone. But I get lonely. Um, I've spoken about it in past episodes where I've felt really isolated from, from everybody else in the family because of being so far from my own family and I can talk to my family about that and it's just so liberating like even if it's just like my my, my twin sister rings me you know we, we spoke we speak most days yeah, mostly about podcasts we're listening to at the moment which is wonderful <laughs> um but you know she she'll sort of say oh so how's blah blah, blah you know a situation that I I had at one point um and you know, I'll talk to her about it and that'll just make me feel a lot less alone and I know that my husband worries about he's an intensely private person is my husband and he doesn't like the idea of me talking to other people about things that involve him, problems but, you know, I never you know, bitch and whinge and moan about him, it's not like that it's just that sometimes I need someone else to talk to about situations where he is involved but, you know and I know he worries about that. And I know that he's always wanted to ask me, and he almost has at some point, asked me whether I, talk, I speak about him to my, my family. 
And you know, the answer is no, I don't really. But I do talk to my sisters about marriage. You know, you know, my my twin sister's married. My younger sister um, is engaged, <clears throat> and they, you know, they have, they have a child together. And you know, you just it's talking to somebody else about even just being married. You know, just being in a in a, a long term serious relationship. It just you know, it's what you do. God, that sounds awful, doesn't it? It's just what you do. No, it's not what I mean. <laughs> I mean, it's just good to have a sounding board where you know that it's not going to go further. Like, I will talk to my sisters about things, and I know that they're not going to tell anybody. And they'll, never th- they'll not think less of, of my husband. You know? It's it's a good, safe space. And the same with my mum, like, I talk to my mum about quite a lot of things, you know, and, and I know that it doesn't go further because we have so much trust in each other and we just understand each other in, in such a way that you know, I'll whinge to maybe my mum about something that my husband's done, you know, or said. I and mean, it's something trivial and stupid, and she won't automatically think, oh, God, he's he's horrible, I don't want her to be married to him anymore. It's just like, oh, well, you know, that happens, you know. <laughs> Marriage has these little hiccups and these little annoyances and that kind of thing. And she'll tell me about something like some stupid thing my dad's done or something, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, just having that sounding board is... It's truly, truly precious and truly wonderful. And I know that I'm very privileged in saying that, you know, I have this I have the support system around me because I am extremely lucky and I know I am. And it, I just count my blessings every day and just thank thank God every day that I have this, this family that's so wonderful. And um you know, it makes me reflect sometimes on all the relationships I have with people and it can be upsetting. I just feel a great loss sometimes when I think about other relationships I've had <clears throat> with people close to me and how they've changed or how they have been changed by other people, not me. And I'm more the loss of them sometimes. But then, it's, it's just so hard. I don't like talking about family things. Um, I find it hard and it's no one's business, so... But it it affects me, it affects me negatively quite often. But it makes me really appreciate the the closeness I have with my my immediate family. And even my grandparents, you know, I've got three grandparents who all live in the same village as me. And uh, my grandma especially, I'm close to, and we talk about stuff and mental health things we've spoken about we've been very open about our mental health to with each other for for a really long time now one time one or both or even all times i've been hospitalized due to self-harm i've rung my grandma and told her um yeah (laughs) so yeah i mean if you're in any any doubts whether telling your family about your mental health is going to be a bad thing, it can be a wonderful thing. But obviously, every family's different. You know, if I was if I was in a family where I knew where I thought that I'd be stigmatized or looked down upon or not believed, then I wouldn't have ever said anything. And if I had been honest with them and and it ended up ended up badly, I think obviously my my relationship with them would have changed. But I wouldn't have not stopped loving them, obviously. But, yeah, 
if there's anybody else out there that's sort of had a similar experience to me, do get in contact with me because I would love to. I'd love to know um, what your experiences are. I just know how lucky I am, and even in, in some other respects, like my my husband's family, they know things. You know, they, they've known once or twice I've been hospitalised, and I have a certain mood and personality disorder, and that I have certain mental health problems. And you know, you don't live with somebody without really knowing those kinds of things but that's a different story and a different time I have a, a a different relationship with them um mentally it could be exhausting and I think you know that because from other episodes I've done about it's particularly about being in lockdown it, they can be exhausting it can be exhausting the whole situation is exhausting for me I don't want to get into that because I'm in a good mood today and I want to talk about a good thing so yeah now, this is going to be quite a short one, and I'm really cross about that, because I wanted this one to be a bit more rambly and a bit more of a, a longer episode. But, um, well, I, I actually might, I might chat a little bit about... Um, my twin sister and I listened to this podcast uh, called The Magnus Ar- Archives. Oh, it's so good, honestly. If you guys like horror fiction, you should listen to it. It's absolutely incredible. Um, I'm only on season two. My sister has actually finished... Well, no, it's in season five now. It's still going. But I think that's good. She said that the season five is the last one they're doing. So she's actually looped back round again and she started listening to them again. I think she, we're on similar episodes, actually. But we have this idea, and I'm going to put it out there in the ether. You know, so if the, the fates want it to happen, it'll happen. But um, we were thinking of maybe starting another podcast about about the about talking about each episode because we talk, we, we talk about it on the phone all the time. <laughs> And we thought, God, it would be good to like do a podcast together where we talk about each episode. And um, but yeah, so I'm just putting that out into the uh, into the world there. And if it's a good idea, then we'll do it. I'm gonna wait. We're gonna wait until I've listened to all of them. Um, but uh, I may may take a few take take a while. But it's something that we really both really want to do. So yeah, don't go stealing my idea. If you do, I'll be really cross. <laughs> but do listen to Megan's archive if you like horror fiction. And I do say, take notes when you listen to each episode not detailed notes just note down names and your people's names maybe places and sort of the kind of feel you got what kind of episode it was just take notes because things pop up and you may recognize it and wonder where it's come from because everything's linked but it's really good so yeah so i'm gonna leave that here i think um it's not been as long as i wanted it to be sorry guys but um, yeah, I hope you're doing okay. I hope if you're experiencing this nice weather as well, that you'd go outside doing something nice, doing some gardening. I'm going to sit in and play video games because that's what I do. And I don't want to go outside. So yeah, hope you guys are well. If you want to get in contact with me, I have all my contact details in the description. Um, if you want to email me, you can email me at exercisingdepressionpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at edepressionpod. And you can find me on Instagram at exercising depression underscore podcast and i'm always on there i'm always on twitter i'm always on instagram i'm always i check my emails daily so if you want to email me or message me or whatever please do there's someone actually who has been messaged i mess, messaged me a while back now on my instagram and i said i'd get back to them when i'd done my cycle and i never did so i'm really sorry but i am going to get back to you what you are on my radar now because i'm really sorry i forgot but i was just going through my inbox the other day and saw you again so I will message you back I promise I'm really 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 sorry that I forgot um I hate doing stuff like that 
as in, I hate forgetting about people, but yeah, I will get, I will get back to you, I promise. Um, so yeah, hope you're all doing well, and I hope you're enjoying the weather, and I hope you're staying safe. Bye, guys.